You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hey everyone, welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I'm sitting here with Meredith Waggispack of Sweet Baton Rouge, which is a Louisiana lifestyle and apparel company. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, you look so cute today in your little scarf in your hair and your Mardi Gras shirt. Thank You're very you. on brand. I'm trying to be. Yeah. You, uh, you encourage me to be more on brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I keep telling everyone. It's so fun to podcast because I can look like a like bag of trash and no one sees me. But I am wearing my do what you want hat right now. <laughs> that you are. Um, and your whole house is on brand. So That's, yeah. I like all the same colors that my brand is. Who to thunk? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. So tell me a little bit about what you do and what your brand is all about. Okay. Um, so I'm the owner of Sweet Baton Rouge, and we're a eight-year-old company. And I know we're going to kind of dive into this a little later, but we're also formally known as SFT, which was Southern Football T-Shirts. And basically, I started this business about eight years ago, and it's really geared towards Louisiana and Baton Rouge T-Shirt apparel. Um, with a passion for like game day and Louisiana like culture, um, we have a blog called Sweet Baton Rouge Insider, and we work with local influencers to share different ideas or things or perspectives um, through the blog and sharing those kind of things with everybody about what to do and where to go and what to eat. Um, so it's not just one perspective; it's other people, kind of like a um, collective. Kinda, yeah, collective. And then um, we also love Louisiana, so we have a subscription box that we promote a lot of local business. Everything's about Louisiana, about our whole brand. And we also finished out last year with our first ever local pop-up, and it was centered all around local business um, in one space, a fun collective you know, that we were able to offer for about a week. So you have your own brand, but you're also helping to support <clears throat> other brands Absolutely. by cross-promotion and different pop-ups? Yes. Like, I think for the brand, we don't want it to just be about us. We want it to be about this whole community, um, about everybody else, um, especially through our subscription box and then through the blog. Like, it's, it's, it's really just fun to share and be authentic and, and tell other people's stories or what's going on in the community. Um, just from our own perspectives. So how did you get started with this brand? Like, is it something that you thought of overnight, or was it kind of a gradual thing that happened? It was just something that popped in my mind eight years ago. I love football. I'm very athletic, so I've always enjoyed sports. And so it really started off mostly as becoming, like, a football T-shirt brand. And to be honest, like, I just knew that I wanted to have my own T-shirts. Um, it was around the 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 burst of like flirty girl in new orleans Mm -hmm. um but i was still just trying to figure out exactly what i wanted to do but i knew i wanted something kind of similar and i loved graphic t-shirts and i wanted it to be centered around baton rouge and it just took me a really long time to really like the message was always in front of me but sometimes it's a little harder to figure it out if you don't necessarily have it all written out and you know exactly what your plan is it's more like i just kind of started it off the cuff of what I was going to do. Yeah, I, I definitely um, agree with that about sometimes you don't know what the common thread is until later or until yeah. someone else tells you what they see and you're like, oh, <clears throat> that's my brand. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I didn't even know I had one. Absolutely. And for me, 2018 was about really figuring out who the brand really was. And that's 
kind of all the many little steps that 2018 that we took as a brand, it was really eye-opening to finally make that decision to become Sweet Baton Rouge because at that point it just made a lot of sense. It's something that we had talked about as a team a couple times throughout the years. It just never really made sense yet. And so when we decided to do it at the end of last year, like it just... It was home, you know, like you Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, this is home now. I get it. I know who the brand really is. And so I feel like over the last eight years, it's just been putting the puzzle pieces together. And then I finally finished the puzzle. And now I know where I want to go. So were you a graphic designer or anything in the beginning? Or you just knew that you liked graphic t-shirts? I started when I was 16 in retail. Okay. Um, Good old, it was... um, I don't know, Bell Ladyman. I'm going to show my age. Yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> uh, it's now called Stage. Oh, yeah. But uh, before it was bought out by Stage, it was called Bell Ladyman, I think. But I started there when I was in high school, and I just found a love for retail. And once I... So I'm from North Louisiana, and when I moved down to Baton Rouge, I was about 19, and I worked for Express. And then from Express, I ended up running a store called Bessie B., and it's where Pottery Barn is now. But I pretty much, that became my home for about four years while I was in college. I was a general manager for them. I ran, we had that main store called Bessie B. And then we had a shoe store called Soulmate, both in the mall. And so I ran those two stores for about four years where I was in management. I was going to school full time. And it just really became kind of a passion for me. And I just really loved retail. So I graduated with a degree in marketing, but not graphic design. Um, but I had an eye for things that I did like. So you're kind of like the business person. I'm on the operational side, 100%. That's going to be great because a lot of people I'm going to talk to on this podcast are probably going to be the other way around. Yeah. So this is really going to be a good conversation, I think. <laughs> because I'm nerdy and like to know all these things, too, because I don't think that way. I mean, I kind of do, but um, that's going to be good. So, so basically... You decided you wanted to have a t-shirt company. So what was your first step? Did you have to find a graphic designer? First step was, yeah, I reached out to a screen printer. And honestly, like, they came up with the most simple design. And it was just a football with a paw print. Um, And it was the design just said football. And then inside there, we replaced, I think it was the O and made it into a paw print or whatever. And so we did that for, like, a purple and gold version, and then the same for a black and gold version. We did a Florida Lee. I mean, so super simple. And so um, I just had the shirts printed on, like, some fun American apparel, like, vintage tees. And I literally, like, had women's shirts made and kids' shirts made. And then I made myself look big time, and I just put them in my car, and I literally drove... To different stores all across from New Orleans to Lafayette selling my little t-shirts and I mean stores would literally place an order I had them in the back of my car I even made little hang tags and tagged them all and then we exchanged you know monetary money and mm-hmm. and from there like I made the sale and so I did that to kind of really start and I did wholesale primarily the first year so just coming up with the design and and then go in and just trying to sell it that way. Um, and then it wasn't until a year later that I started the the website and and then started to work with a graphic designer. So the screen printer kind of helped me um, 
at least just kickstart things into gear. Mm -hmm. And then later I started finding a graphic designer and searching and finding other people that would work well with me. And so my current graphic designer that I work with has been with me for five years now. And so we work extremely well together. Um, I mean, she so knows exactly what I'm looking for or she presents things that, you know, she's come up with and she knows, but she knows design wise what would work for the brand as well. So she's very involved and, um, you know, and I, I love having her on board. So you have employees then? I do. It's not just you. I have a graphic designer who helps, um, you know, I mean, she does all kinds of aspects throughout the whole business. And then I have a part-time employee who works in the showroom now two days a week. Um, So that way I can step away from the customer service side of things. So she's going to handle more of our customer care. And I can work on other things um, from home or doing podcasts like this or going into the community and actually, actually being able to be more involved rather than just being at my desk in my office Monday through Friday. Yeah, so it's, it's it's been a great journey to get to this point. It's that um, that saying. What is it like? You want to be able to work more on your business, not in your business. Yeah, and that's so hard because I know <clears throat> someone like me. I cannot imagine having any employees at all because of what I do. But yeah, um, there are so many times that I'm like, I could be so much more productive if I didn't have to run my business. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I can easily get caught up in my office, which I love. I mean, I would never even complain about it. But, I mean, it's hard to stay on task, especially in a growing business like Sweet Baton Rouge's, um, to be in thought of, say, writing a post or working on social media, and then i got to stop. And, you know, I've got customers that want to come in and shop, so I want to be able to give them my full attention. And so you've got to, you know, pause and be, you know, in customer service mode and then pause and then come back to where you were. So sometimes I don't... I'm since I am more operationally, I want to be the most efficient with my with my time, and sometimes I feel like I can't be, and um, and it's been hard this going into last year, like starting to let somebody kind of slowly take that side of things over because customer service has always been like the most important thing outside of the designs comes customer service. Um, I'm very old school, so. I will bend over backwards and do whatever I need to do to make a customer happy. Uh, is you know in in reason of course, but for the most part, like I want to treat a customer like they're my friend. I want them to get the utmost personable experience from me and know that they're talking to me directly. Mm-hmm. So that's been more of the harder part. Slowly, kind of stepping back and letting somebody else come in and help me with that because. M- my words exchanged through email or through social media for the most part comes directly through me. And I just always want to make sure that I am producing and giving the customer exactly what they need. I've been reading a book called hug your customers and you want to always like always, no matter what you do, just go above and beyond for your customers. And I feel like we have lost a lot of customer service um, in the service industries a lot. And I just want people to know who we are and that we care about them. Yeah, I think you're you're right because so much of the stuff is digital now. We're losing that human aspect of yeah. um, client, customer relate or what's good, customer yeah. brand relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's hard to get wrapped up in it too because I know like 
in my situation where it's like service based, like sometimes you have like needy clients or crazy clients or amazing clients and mm-hmm. it's hard to give the same attention to everybody in the same yeah. amount of time, especially when you're doing it by yourself. <clears throat> so how long did it take you before you had someone help you with the business? I brought someone on, um, I guess it was around 2016. I had someone just working in the showroom one day a week. Or it actually, let me back up. We launched our subscription box in September of 2016. So that first box was 40 boxes. So I was like, cool, I can do this myself. Well, the next month was 80. And so I actually had a friend come pop in, and she was just talking to me. And she's like, hey, Meredith, you know, if you ever need some help, just let me know. And so I was like, okay, I'll let you know. Well, I pulled that card, like, literally the week later because (laughs) I had 80 boxes on top of just our regular workload. And 2016 is when our business really kind of started to shift as well. And so I reached out to her, and so she started off just helping me with just Lanyard Box. So she would come in the day that we were boxing them. And, I mean, it's like a full production when we ship out our subscription boxes. So she would come in and help me get them all prepped and ready and boxed and all that kind of stuff. And then that slowly led into into 2017 and 2018, where she started working in my showroom just like once a week, and or like if I went on vacation or something like that. And and now going into the end of last year, I started having someone come in and work two days a week. So and I'm comfortable. Like I don't think I necessarily. I mean, it, it all depends on how fast the c- company continues to grow. Um, but for now, like I'm extremely happy with, with the rotation of having someone in and allowing me to step back and focus on other things and be more strategic with my day. And it seems to work a lot better. So you're also a mom. Yep. What is your routine like trying to run a business and being a mom? I find that's the hardest thing. Um, I think it was two years ago. Like, I don't know if you pick a word at the end of the year, but my word was balance. Uh, I think that was going into 2017. And I could use that word every year, I think. But I think going into last year, I became more focused and trying to put myself more on a strategic schedule. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to wake up early in the mornings um, and trying to be more disciplined with it. But working, waking up around five and I start my morning with some coffee and then I... um, usually do like some kind of devotion and then some kind of personal development reading. So I try to do that and then kickstart some of the work that I need to do. Because when you own your own business, it's not like a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. So I could almost work from 5 a.m. until nine o'clock. And so for me, I've been trying to really focus more on my balance of my home life and my work life. So I get up and I'll focus on you know, about an hour and a half of me and, and doing a little bit of work before I get to the office. And then I get my son up and we do our morning routine to get him ready for school. And then I go drop him off at school and then I drive to my showroom and, and then I'm there and I'm focused and working and then I'll usually pick him up and come back. So, um, just being a a working mom, it's just harder because you are just pulled in a lot of directions. And as a mom, you just have that natural mom guilt that you're not doing enough, like you didn't plan ahead to cook supper or just whatever. So I've just, you know, I've learned to not allow the little things to bother me as much. Um, 
to just make sure that I'm showing and showing up for my husband and my son. And I have two other children as well. They're older. They're like your age. (laughs) Um, So I'm just trying to be more present and be more presentable to them. And same with my friends. Um, Because again, when you own your own business, you don't realize how much time that takes into your life and you slowly lose a lot of friendships. And Mm -hmm. I would definitely say in the last few years, I've lost friends just because I'm so focused in on one goal and that's my business and going into 2019, like I'm trying to do better and still focusing and working through balance, which is just really hard. Yeah. I think definitely there's, there's, it's hard to have a separation. There is no separation sometimes and everything just bleeds into, there's no such thing as work time versus personal time. Yeah. I mean, unless you like definitively make it happen and I struggle with that too. Like even like, I don't like to work at night. I like to work in the morning. I'm very productive in the morning. Um, but because I can structure what I do a certain way, if I don't need to get up at 7 a.m., then I might get up at 9 a.m. But then I always kick myself because I'm like, if I got up at 7, I would have gotten so much done before lunch or whatever. Right. So, like, last night I had to do some stuff at night. And if I'm not careful, like, I just, like, get on a roll. And it'll be, like, a yeah. six-hour time block where I didn't pee. I didn't move direct. Like, my yeah. back hurts. I didn't, like, get, get up, up to for eat. yourself. Yeah. I didn't do anything. And so, it literally, I was up on my computer till midnight. And I was like, this is – it's – fun because it's my business and I'm excited but I'm also this is not healthy yeah so trying to figure out ways to like you said balance it and structure it is so difficult like what would you give like what kind of advice would you give to someone who's trying to figure that out for themselves I would um and I need to do a better job of doing this but I think really mapping out what your week's gonna look like and not straying away from that and it's okay to say no to things Um, that's always the hardest thing for me is to say no. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I really try to be very structured and intentional every single day. And if I say that I'm going to do this, then I need to do it. Um, So my advice would just be to take out a good old pen and paper and make your, doesn't necessarily have to be like a to-do list, but kind of roadmap your day out. And if that means that you want to leave work at 3 o'clock, and you want to go do something fun and special with your child or with your boyfriend or whoever, you you kind of have to map it out and do it. And then one of the books that I'm reading, it talks about setting alarms in your phone and like editing the 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 text in there instead mm-hmm. of saying alarm. So I started making different alarms for myself um, to be more intentional with myself. Like this might be silly, but. You know, I have an alarm that goes off at like 9.45 in the morning. That's when I get to my office and I'm kind of settled in and it tells me to be confident. And, you know, when you own a business, you can easily allow yourself to lose yourself and lose your confidence or you take in too much opinions from other people or the outside world or you're too focused in on what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, like that's been one of the things I'm trying to do better is set different alarms for different Mindsets to kind of reel me back in to mm-hmm. where I want to be. So I guess my answer would be is to just kind of map out your day and map out your week. I mean, I think if you can do all of those things and kind of stick to them or set those alarms for whatever that intention is, you'll have a much better successful day or week because you've set yourself up for better success than, ra- than rather the, like going off the cuff of what you're going to do that day. I totally agree. I also need to work on it, but I 
have always been like a very much like a strict like if it's in my calendar it's happening and I don't like to flake on people <clears throat> but a lot of people like to flake on me yeah <laughs> and li- if we talk today about how you want to get margaritas four months from now on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. like it's in my calendar yeah and that day I'm gonna be like are we still good and everyone else is usually like no <laughs> yeah I forgot and I'm like no it's in my calendar like this is happening and I feel like I have recently really gotten into I got one of the Google homes over the summer uh-huh and She's over here. <laughs> She's probably listening. Um, I really, really like spurting out, like, different reminders yeah. all day. I'll be like, remind me to go to Trader Joe's. Like, yeah. it's, like, simple stuff. But if I don't write it down or yeah. remind myself, like, it doesn't happen. So even just, like, if I couldn't answer someone's phone call, I'd be like, remind me to call so-and-so back. Absolutely. And until I clear that off my phone, she's just going to keep telling me. Yeah. So I really have enjoyed having that. I did not and I think, think that's important. Yeah. I mean, even as simple, like, I made an alarm to tell my husband Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 6.45 p.m. how much I love him. Not that I need a reminder, but I think it's just important to... Positive reinforcement. Yeah, just to be a better wife and to let him know, you know, it's not always just about me, that I care and love him. And and, and I think doing these alarms is nice because it is good reminders. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I like alarms and calendars and reminders and yeah I feel like we just live in like such a fast paced world like I don't remember I mean I remember growing up my parents were always busy because they were you know working and being parents but I don't know I just feel like it's a whole different perspective now that I'm in that role and I just feel like it's so constant and you're so busy and you've got so many things and running doing all these different things that it's just you just lose track easily and just so time just like flies by too fast. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, so as you mentioned your husband, is he involved in your business in any way or is it all like you? It's all me. Um, I mean, I love to talk to him and get his perspective. Um, my husband is in the building industry, so he builds homes and he runs his own business. So he's an entrepreneur as well, as well and he's older than me. And he's been doing it for 20-something years. So I always love talking to him. And he's super smart when it comes to numbers. And so even though sometimes I don't want his opinion, um, I do enjoy getting his opinion because it always does give me a different perspective on things that maybe I didn't think of. I'm super – I can be very naive and and gullible and just want to be nice and love everybody. But in business, you can't be that way a lot of times. And you have to be smarter if you want to be a profitable business. So he helps me in that way to think differently sometimes. And then I, um, not to go away from my husband, but I, I mean, I try to just on my own personal self is to work on myself learning tools and different things that help with the business. Because it's hard when you are, for the most part, by yourself a lot mm-hmm. um, I mean my graphic designer and I like we communicate and talk a lot and her opinions are a very um, like she comes to me with a lot of really good advice on different things but for the most part when you're a small team it's just always nice to have you know as many different tools that you are people that can give you advice yeah, especially, and then you figure out how you want to like navigate it well through. and especially if they're not in the same mindset or industry as you yeah Yeah, sometimes I'm the same way. Like, my boyfriend Christian is very analytical, and he studies marketing, and Mm -hmm. not studies, works in marketing, but that's what he studied in, too. And so we have really interesting conversations, but I don't always value his opinion because we're just so different. 
with our goals and creative outlets and stuff. But it is nice sometimes to hear from his point of view because I'm Absolutely. like, I wouldn't have talked to any, I would have got with all my photographer creative friends and we probably all would have been bouncing the same ideas. So it's yeah. kind of nice sometimes to hear something from him, although sometimes I don't <laughs> want to yeah. hear it. Um, yeah, I don't think I could ever work work with him because we'd kill each other. Oh, no, so. I couldn't. I mean, I used to be my husband's realtor and... <laughs> I mean, it took a good year for us just to learn how to work together because I'm very strong-willed and he's super strong-willed and he doesn't like change at all. So, you know, I've, it, we definitely had to learn how to work together. Mm-hmm. And But I do, I, I really love when he wants to help me or, or just knowing like when he shows how proud he is of, of what I've accomplished or, you know, what our team has done. It's so amazing just to have that um, validation from the person that you care the most about and you want them to to see you you know to see what you're doing it isn't just like a hobby or something for right. fun you know like it's actually like something big yeah and you have big big dreams um oh yeah so you were talking about earlier how you would drive your car around to every store and just like show up with your t-shirts Talk to me more about how that process looks like to get shirts into stores, like local boutiques and stores and stuff. So thankfully, we have fast-forwarded, and I'm not a car salesman anymore. Um, I mean, the process for me is I kind of teeter-totted around for years where I would go to these wholesale markets, like the Dallas and Atlanta apparel shows, and we would spend the money and, and create these collections for retailers to come and view our product line and that kind of stuff. And... And we've done that, and, and in the beginning, like, that's how I feel like I really got a good start in the wholesale world, and I got a lot of people to know who we were and buy our t-shirts, and and now, fast forward to where we are today, I mean, I really try to build our wholesale business directly through, like, our wholesale website to where it's structured very similar to our retail line, um, but we're a little ahead of schedule for them. And so it's all about email marketing and, you know, just social media and communicating with them, um, you know, and just marketing our business. And so we typically, uh, our process is we'll create a collection, we'll photograph it. Um, we've used you, you know, throughout several of our um, photo shoots. And then we uh, take that and then create this, The web, you know, it's always like a redo on the website because the website kind of flows with whatever the collection is. Mm-hmm. And then we just, you know, from that point forward, we just, you know, promote, promote it. And um, honestly, it's, it's, we don't, since we don't do the shows as much, it's mostly just, you know, more organic. It's, um, and then just feeding our customer service to our retailers and then just knowing that they're getting like we try to constantly have new stuff coming out every single month. So we'll always have like our big collections, and then we'll have like little mini mini collections that kind of flow into there. So there's always enough product that we can feed to our retailers, so they can go in, they can log in seamlessly, purchase it. They know that we're going to print it, ship it all within like a week time frame, and it seems to just really flow and work really well. And you know, I handle all the wholesale side of the business for the most part, but it's very, I mean, it's super s- simple, just like a retail, just like a customer would get online and shop. Well, that's how we've made our wholesale site. It's just, you just log in, you become a retailer and you shop and it's super easy. So are you getting your apparel printed locally or is it some sort of fulfillment service online? No, we, we print everything locally. Um, it's printing Gonzalez. Um, they just have been with us the longest as one of our long-term screen printers. So 
I print everything. I mean, I order everything. Um, it's shipped directly to them. And, and then, so they get all of our blanks and then they print them all. And I am not into the mindset where I like to carry too much inventory at Mm -hmm. one time. So I print every, we print two days a week with them. Um, and you know, so I'm printing every week, I'm ordering every week, so I'm fulfilling every week. So we have like a good system. So Tuesday, Wednesdays are usually like scheduled for Sweet Baton Rouge for printing. And then, um... I pick them up on Thursdays, and we box and ship on Thursdays to all of our retailers. So that way our retail customers get them on Fridays and have them there for the weekend. And then we start the process all over again. So how do you know, I mean, because I have like three t-shirts, and it's a very small little operation <laughs> I have, but I have to like put them all in my house in the inventory, you know, like, yeah. and I'm not doing this on a grand scale at all. But how do you know how many of each size to order? Like, is that dictated by the retailer? I usually have a good eyeball to know, like, sorry, I love the word eyeball. <laughs> I like to eyeball um, or know exactly, like, I can, usually can pretty much hit it on the nail on a design that's going to just knock it out of the park. So... Uh, what we typically do is we, we order sample packs for ourselves, and it's just like a sample amount of inventory. And then um, our customers will get the email, and then usually our turnaround time from the time that they place their order to the time that we actually order is about a week mm-hmm. on anything that's new, like new collections. So, like, for example, we just released all of our Mardi Gras um, we started off with just our basics, our classics that have been around for the last few years that are our most strong, popular designs that won't go out of style. And then we feed in new new designs. So we started off with our basics, and then now we're at our new collection. And so we, we put it out there and put it to our newsletter, to our retail customers. From the minute that they started purchasing, we already had some ready to fulfill. And then we used that that time frame that lapse to take in their orders and then to turn around and purchase what we need and kind of start rocking and rolling on fulfillment. So it's not like the other way around. It's not like you already have them printed. You're waiting. You're kind of using that to, I use that as always as a gauge to better understand what our, cause I mean, retail clientele for what they like to purchase is sometimes totally different on what our boutiques are looking for. So we always start with just like a basic number of inventory and then we kind of gauge from how our, our retailers are buying of how to beef up inventory. And so, I mean, I try to be as quick as possible of fulfillment. And I think, you know, if we have it in stock, we always ship it out within two days. Um, if it's not in stock, then it, it goes into our printing schedule, which is dependent on when you purchased it. It goes into that Tuesday, Wednesday print and then ship on Thursday. So for the most part, most of our customers aren't waiting any longer than a week for their order um, as far as retail goes. And then, um, you know, thank God for spreadsheets because I keep a nice spreadsheet of how we order. And so it's kind of like um, I create the spreadsheet and my printers have access to it. So we're constantly communicating with each other on inventory and they know what's coming in. They know what, what this style of shirt is going to match with that particular design and what the color is and how many are coming in. And we just started where um, we're branding all the inside of our shirts, too. So that's like a whole new process where all the shirts now have um, the Sweet Baton Rouge label being put on the inside of them. 
And so that's a whole nother step because of ink and how many shirts we can print at one time and just a whole nother thing. So it's, it has added a little bit more to our process, but I have to be more diligent on how I purchase and print too. So it makes it a little bit, makes me a little bit more smarter on going into how we order. I think that was a great example to show how your business side of the business <laughs> side of your mind is making things work. I know that might be really confusing for everybody. Well, else. You said the word spreadsheet, and I had goosebumps because <laughs> I was like, "Oh, spreadsheets! I don't know how to do any of that." But I do use like Google spreadsheets and stuff, yeah. like very very simple ones yeah. to like keep track of like just for me my invoices and who's paid me and what yeah. invoice number it was and what date they paid whatever but in terms of like keeping up with inventory and all that that's got to be some like well we do crazy so spreadsheets. it's a little crazy so like our retail inventory goes directly into our retail inventory for the retail site and if i have if i'm pulling like a wholesale order i i pull from the retail inventory and then i then i keep track of that through my spreadsheet on how to order inventory for the following week. So we're constantly just moving inventory everywhere, you know, wherever it needs to go. So it can get really crazy. Um, it sounds like it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I have developed and have a passion for spreadsheets. So I have a spreadsheet just for about everything. And like, even just like for our subscription box, like I have a certain budget that I have to stick with. So I have a spreadsheet for our subscription box. So I know what that budget is and what I can actually afford when I'm looking to buy the products that go in our box. And so that way it's all calculated and it tells me exactly how much I spent and what my budget is and what my average cost was for per box that I sold. And, um, you know, so I'm just being nerdy and looking at it all. No, I think it's, it's funny to say that out loud because like I've never in my life ever applied any sort of formula on a spreadsheet i know there are ways you can do stuff on spreadsheets yeah. where they add them up for you i get or to googling a lot to figure out like i got the sum down <laughs> but i've gotten a little more complicated on some of my other spreadsheets and and i can pull a lot of data um that you know export into spreadsheets through the website so mm-hmm. i'm able to pull like so anytime we have you know like our layout box i got to do it today i pull a spreadsheet because it sells from it's a 30-day window but it's like it's gonna get crazy um so today is the last day that we sell our february land out box so we're in the month of january so it we start selling the february land out box uh december the 24th to january the 23rd and so tomorrow we start selling march's box and that'll go all the way from tomorrow until february the 23rd so i have to keep a spreadsheet that i pull through the website that tells me exactly how many boxes we actually sold during that time frame. And so I've got customers that are on subscription. So I have to make sure like their subscriptions um, don't overlap into the current month when they're supposed to be in the next month's box, you know? So there's a few cause they're on a 30 day window and the calendar's not always, yeah, like you know, February. so it it's just moves it all month. around. So anyway, um, so spreadsheets is my favorite, is my is my jam and making sure I stay on top of all of that so that way I'm not overspending or I didn't order enough product for the box like January I just I was so busy in December that I um didn't even realize how many boxes we sold and I kind of know like I gauge based on you know January box which is sold in December is our Mardi Gras box and it's always like our best-selling box that one in August so I knew kind of going in, like I had like a number and I told my vendors what I needed. 
Well, then I start building out the boxes um, at the end of December. And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm short eight boxes. So I had to go back and get my vendors to buy more. And luckily, I had given myself a window of time because it was at the end of December. So I had enough time to get the product in. And But I didn't, I wasn't on top of my spreadsheet that month. And I was just kind of going off the cuff and I was wrong. <laughs> so I have to be very diligent if I want to be smart on ordering is to be very on target with the spreadsheets. You're like blowing my mind right now. But I feel like that's, I mean, because I had talked about this with someone else in one of the interviews, but like people think that when you quote unquote work from home that you're literally just like chilling. And here's just like a yeah. classic example of like you're doing so much work. Yeah, when I work from home, like even before I ever, so when we first started the business, I did work from home the first, I think it was four years before I actually moved into my showroom. This May will be four years in our showroom. I, um, I've just have always been extremely like committed to time. So even from working from home, if you're just about to start a business or this is something new that you want to get into, you have to be very strict with your schedule. Like you can't be on, um, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you just won't be productive and get anything done. And so, you know, going back to, you know, friendships and stuff like, I have a rule where I don't answer my phone during the day um, unless, you know, you've called multiple times. I know it's like an emergency or, you know, um, I try to be very smart with my time because my time is just very valuable and I don't want to be working all hours of the day. So if my hours is nine to three, I'm going to focus and get as much done during that nine to three time frame. Sometimes there's more work that has to be done and I do have to work, you know, in the evenings. But um, for the most part, you just have to be very strict with your schedule if you're going to work from home. Do you have any time management tools or apps or anything that you use? Cause I- um, we use, um, for me and my graphic designer for the most part, we use Slack and then we use Redbooth. Redbooth is a time management software. And it's how her and I, because she doesn't work in our office, so she works from home as well. And it's a way for her to track her time. It's a way for her to, um, for us to communicate back and forth. It's like email, but it's where we can communicate on designs or whatever it is that we're working on and then turn it into a task. So her and I meet once a month and we sit down and we kind of plan out what the month is going to look like and do a lot of batch working. So like social media is planned out ahead of time. Um, And we run three to four accounts at a time. So, um, so we try to figure out how they're all going to work together and they're planned out. And then, um, and then from there, like we just, you know, go in and we figure out what all of our processes are going to be for the whole month. And it's all scheduled out and tasked out of who's doing what. And so that way, you know, like what you're working on for that week. Yeah, that way you're not, like, trying to make it up as you go, yeah. which is a lot of what I do. <laughs> I should probably be a little <laughs> more structured. It's it's better with certain things. Like, this podcast has been great because I literally am, like, playing with other people's time. Yeah. So there is an example of me getting it because I like to be punctual. I put stuff in my calendar yeah. or whatever. So if I have an appointment with someone or they're coming over to interview or it's a Skype interview or whatever, that's really held, holding me accountable to be like, yeah. I only have, you know – 8 a.m. till noon to work on this because then Meredith's coming over for an hour. And so that's really been helping because normally if it's just me hanging at home doing whatever, I just kind of make up what I need to do as it happens. Um, And this has been a really good way to kind of get some sort of structure going because I never really have gotten a groove. I've Um, always been very structured, but my graphic designer definitely when she 
kind of came on board. I mean, she really, uh, I always tell her, you know, she she's taught me a lot, and she's taught me a lot of just different ways to structure my day out, and um, very appreciative, you know, for her being able to kind of help me streamline my, my day a little bit better mm-hmm. than where I was at when she first, before she came on. Um, and I guess that kind of goes back to what I was saying about how I'm more productive in the morning, so I try to leave time in the mornings like do you find that you're more productive in certain times of the day and do you try to like keep those times open for certain things I find definitely now that I'm working from home more those are my most productive days there's some days where I go in with a really good mindset at work that I'm gonna get this and this and this done but then I get pulled because I'm doing other things or just different things come up and so it's much harder to stay on task when I'm in my showroom so now that I'm kind of in this different flow I know that the two days that I'm going to work from home I got to really bust butt and get the things that I know that I need to get done done so that way when I'm in my showroom and if I'm there for my customers and they're coming into shop or you know I got to stop and do this or whatever it's okay and I don't have to feel so stressed out because I couldn't get to them because now I'm providing myself a better schedule to focus when I'm working from home to get those things done and I find like definitely first thing in the morning um, getting up and kind of starting my day off, setting myself up for success by getting up early has really made a big difference. So are you finding on those days that you know you have to work from home, you are like completely avoiding scheduling anything those days, or do you let it slide sometimes depending on... Well, like today, um, this would technically be my day that I'm working from home. So I knew that this would be important and I would want to do this. Um, so yeah, I would let my my schedule kind of slide a little. And I think that you need to too sometimes because... Um, if you say too on task, sometimes you can really burn out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, you know, go get a workout in first and bring that back into my schedule a little bit. And just because I have my son goes to a school where they don't, I can't drop him off till eight ten. So and then I have to be in my showroom for nine. Um, I did change my hours to f- reflect from ten to three now. But for me to really get my my work done, I need to be there for nine. But um, but. Finding a little time, I mean, definitely in your week and plug something in for yourself too um, is really important outside of just always being on task and doing work work stuff. I mean, it's really important to have some you time too. Yeah, I feel like I had been listening to, I don't know if you've ever heard of the podcast Being Boss. Uh-uh, I heard you talk about it in one of your other podcasts, so I was going to check yeah, it out. Being Boss is a really good podcast. Um, I haven't actually listened to it in a while, but it's these two women that you know own their own businesses and they just talk back and forth about stuff but they had once brought up a really good point is that like you want to be structured working from home but you don't want to be so structured that like it defeats the purpose of you having the freedom that you're yeah. working for home uh, from home because it's like when you work for yourself that's kind of the whole that's the whole point, point yeah <laughs> is I that agree. you can be flexible so if you hammer it into your schedule too hard then you're kind of defeating the whole purpose and you you're essentially a slave to working yeah. for a boss which i guess is yourself and the whole point of you leaving a full-time job is to do this yeah. in a flexible way. And I and I would agree. I mean, I find that you can easily you can almost get yourself too focused and then you do burn out and 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 for me like working out is like my thing. Um mentally like that's what I need to to be able to get through the week is to to add a workout into my schedule. And if I don't do that a whole, for a whole week, like it just it impacts my life too negatively for how I am at home or 
how I talk to other people and it's it's just really important or even carving out time to do stuff with friends outside of just being a mom and working for a business and you know your communication can be very limited when you do run a business by yourself a lot of times so Mm -hmm. um you definitely have to find that that time for yourself it's really important because like you said I mean you're you started a business to, to be in business for yourself, and then, you know, if you go wrap yourself and try to make it more corporate, you're just going to burn out and just not have any juices left for yourself. I've also heard that saying, too. I'm all about sayings. I never know who actually said <clears> them, but um, <laughs> the whole, like, you have to fill up your own glass before you can pour from it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're not filling up your own passions and yeah you time then you can't give to other people and that can include your clients so it's like this reverse <clears throat> psychology where we're always trying to think like we have to work ourselves so hard yeah to please our clients and we have to do this but at the end of the day like they won't get the appropriate attention if you're not giving yourself the appropriate attention Absolutely. does it make sense yeah totally makes sense yeah because i mean and it- to be honest, like if you can allow yourself some more like self-care and some time to just focus on you, you'd be surprised what creative juices come out of that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to really allow myself a little bit more flexibility and, and know that it's okay. Like not be so hard on myself. Like one of the girls that helps me, um, she was reading a book and I remember her saying something about, you know, you're constantly working for a goal and then you hit the goal and then you're working to the next goal. And I'm like, that really resonated with me because I'm always goal oriented. So I'm always working towards something and I never just allow myself to just kind of sit there and be in awe and, and, and be grateful for where I'm at and not have to just necessarily jump right in and figure out what the next goal is. Mm -hmm. And so I think last year I had some really high goals for myself and I walked away with really happy with where things were, but I left just really drained and not where I wanted to be mentally or personally. And so, and then, you know, I heard that, you know, quote, and I'm just like, you know, it's, it's okay to not have to be so focused all the time. Yeah. Let me ask you a little bit about your whole rebranding experience. And it's not even really rebranding. It's just consolidating brands, right? Yeah, it's just mostly just, yeah, consolidating, merging the the names. So Sweet Baton Rouge, the actual T-shirt design came out, um, I think it was like 2013. So two years after I'd been in business. And, I mean, it just immediately kind of became its own thing and people loved it. And, I mean, so many people loved it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the design had been knocked off and like not even just like knocked off like they just want to create a sweet baton rouge shirt but like the the whole design itself just completely knocked off and and so at that point i decided to kind of take it a step further and trademark and and so i trademarked it and then i later did the full registry mark for it um so that way it has a little bit more protection so i mean I knew, like, back in 2013 when I was making those steps in 2014, like, that was the direction I was kind of going in, but it was, I wasn't quite ready for that because, you know, I have a retail, I have the wholesale side of things, and, you know, I was trying to be the end-all and all fun graphic tees to not just Louisiana, but, you know, Louisiana and Mississippi and Texas and Arkansas and Oklahoma. I was trying to be all those things, and... It wasn't until 2016 that I really took a step back and wanted to focus more on Louisiana because that's really where it all started was football in Louisiana. And so 
going into 2016, most of our designs became more focused around Louisiana. And now we're at today, I mean, when we design shirts, we're, we're designing and thinking of being a Louisiana brand. And I'm not focused on all the other states because that's just not who the brand is. Like we just, if, if that means we only carry our shirts in Louisiana stores, and I'm totally cool with that. So, um, so it just took me a few years to really feel comfortable on making that name change because, you know, you're not just changing the name to retail, like to your retail customers, but changing it in the perception to your wholesale customers. And, and I just felt like too much had changed and I really never knew what my identity was during that whole time. And so I didn't want to go and cause any more confusion to my retailers. Um, so, you know, it just took some time and, and I needed to feel comfortable with it. And so at the end of last year, after our pop-up, um, we just knew as a team, like it was time to do it. Like it just, it just, there was a lot of things that happened throughout the year that just, like I said, like little puzzle pieces all kind of coming together. And I just knew that this was the right shift to, to make and to do it. So what are some of the necessary, <clears throat> like legal parts of all that? Like, did you have to change your LLC or is it just like a no. new brand, like doing business as or something like that? Well, my business, my legal name is actually Football Tees, which is how my my business actually started. It was mm-hmm. called Football Tees, so I didn't have to change anything, um, and I already had the trade name for Sweet Baton Rouge that I had filed back in 2013. So, um, so really, I didn't have to make any like paper shifts or anything. So it was more just a shift on to our consumers, and and I'm sure this whole year is going to be talking and storytelling and sharing our story of becoming Sweet Baton Rouge. I mean, it's still like we, um, in March of last year, we came out with our Pelican, which is Petey the Pelican, and kind of did a rebrand for Sweet Baton Rouge just to kind of have its own identity and look um, last year. So it just, again, it just, every, every little nugget of things that we did last year even finishing out our Sweet Baton Rouge local pop-up, like it just really made sense to move forward as a brand as Sweet Baton Rouge because everything that we do between our businesses, so we have Sweet Baton Rouge, which is the apparel t-shirt company, and then we have Sweet Baton Rouge Insider, which was also launched last year. And that's our blog, and it's focused around the Baton Rouge community. And that's where I was talking about earlier is just sharing, you know, different perspectives, um, more of a collective from different insiders in, in the Baton Rouge area. And then we had our layout box that was really focused on Louisiana, but being made in, but local, but made in Louisiana. And so, you know, just really, the brand itself has always just been there and it just made more sense to, to make that shift and to become Sweet Baton Rouge. Have you found that your consumers have been pretty receptive of it? Yeah, like I feel like, um, I mean, we made the change um, right after Christmas and I mean, it really feels like the 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 social media side of things. Um, that was the scariest part was working with Facebook to change our name. Yeah, because I didn't, you know, like I had to change. You have to request so sweet, it. You had to request it, and then I worked directly with people with Facebook to do it because the Facebook was Sweet Baton Rouge, and once we took Sweet Baton Rouge out and it became Sweet Baton Rouge Insider. Not that I think it was just that demanding that somebody was going to go steal or take Sweet Baton Rouge, but 
in the meantime of, you know, the shift from SFT to Be Sweet Baton Rouge, like it just took some time to change the name. So that was kind of scary. Um, Facebook was way harder to change, but I'm glad that I worked with some inside Facebook people to, to help me with that. And then Instagram was super easy. I just got up super early one morning and, you know, made the changes. (laughs) Yeah. just changed them all. Like it started with Sweet Baton Rouge Insider. Well, Sweet Baton Rouge became Sweet Baton Rouge Insider and then SFT became Sweet Baton Rouge. And so it was, you know, just kind of a little, and I had to create like an, so I created an SFT account still or like another account in case people go there, they can come back to the Sweet Baton Rouge page. But I don't feel like we've had any like confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really happy with that. And then we created and updated our About Us page to really kind of walk our customers through the the change and let them know that like nothing really was changing. The t-shirts were still going to be the same. They're just branded now. And the quality and the customer service and the designs, like all that's still going to remain the same. And so just, I mean, you'll still even see stuff that still has SFT on it as, you know, we take this year to really kind of go through the merger and change things out. You'll slowly start to see by collection, it become in a Sweet Baton Rouge shirt. So what is like your current collection you're working on? It's all the Mardi Gras Mm. stuff? Well, Mardi Gras done. So it's in production. We're fulfilling. We're selling. And it's a really fun collection. And so we're actually working on our crawfish collection. Okay. So crawfish and um, baseball usually kind of come out around the same time. So those are, are usually our spring launch. And then um, we do like our mini like summer collections. And then um, in the next few months, we'll really be working mostly on game day. And then we do like a really, really fun um, sweet and southern collection in the fall, which is really geared around like my past of growing up in North Louisiana, being a country girl and loving still magnolias and just kind of really hovering over those southern roots a little bit and not being just so focused on Baton Rouge or Louisiana. And so we have um we usually do a big collection in the fall and then um and then we go into holiday and and then we we're working on Mardi Gras like in December. So it's just, you know. Well, I got to see some of the Mardi Gras shirts and they're really, really cute. So Thank if y'all you. don't have anything to wear for Mardi Gras, <laughs> you should definitely scoop one of her t shirts because they're really cute. Um, but it's, you're not just doing t shirts though. You're, you've got sweatshirts, you have hats, keychains, yeah. the works, right? So we have, um, yeah, and we, we tried to go into last year and kind of expand into our products a little bit more um, where it made sense. Um, I have goals for other products to come into the mix. It may not be this year since we're rebranding and really, you know, kind of continuing our storytelling of who Sweet Baton Rouge is. I don't know when that next phase will be, but I definitely love just being able to incorporate a little bit of Louisiana flair on a different thing. So like some of our mugs have been really popular, like our still Magnolia mugs are super cute and those seem to be really good gift ideas. We did our first Louisiana like kitchen collection for Christmas. Oh yeah, the little tea towels and stuff uh-huh. with the roux, those were yeah. so cute. So we had our tea towels, our aprons, um, making grocery notepads and stuff like that. So I'm sure we'll continue to add more products like that into the year, um, where it's just where it fits. Um, hats have always been something that we do. Um, I mean, I try to find products that will work that are based on, you know, essentially things that I love or Mm -hmm. how I incorporate them into my life. So, like, T-shirts and hats. I don't go anywhere without a hat because in Louisiana, and especially in the last two years, it has rained so much. 
So I always have a hat with me. And in fact, we're packing and we're moving in the next few weeks. And I was, I mean, I have one, I think it was like one and a half boxes just geared towards t-shirts. And then, um, and then I couldn't, I couldn't believe how many hats I had. Like (laughs) I had so many hats and it's crazy, but, um, but yeah, so slowly just trying to find things that I really, that I'm really passionate about that I think my customers would be really passionate about and that they would want to see some type of our designs on that particular product. I um, agree about the hats thing. Like I said, I have very, very small amounts of merch. Like nothing like your whole business is just like a thriving like merch machine. Um, but I do find that like <clears throat> things like hats and and patches and things that are non-gender or size specific yeah. are like the key because everyone told me to make shirts so I did and then no one bought them. And now, or like I run out of this size but I'm not going to reorder because I don't right. think it's going to sell or it's just that's a hassle. And that's the hard shirts. part. When you, when you ask for customer feedback and you want to hear from them and want to know what they would want to buy and then you do it and then they don't buy it. <laughs> it's really hard because I mean, I know for me, like so many of my customers want us to carry and have more of a children's collection. And I'll go in and, you know, in different designs and try to add more children's. And it's just hard because I don't want to just like halfway do something. And I find like sometimes it's a little harder to be all on with children's clothes because you have to set up a different time to photograph children. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to photograph them a lot of times myself. And it's just never like the quality or the production that I would rather it be just because I'm already strapped so much with just the, the adult, you know, content Mm -hmm. and it's just harder to, and then kids just, I mean, my son, he is the cutest little boy, but trying to get him to take a freaking picture is so annoying because he just, he'll be so goofy and silly and, and, but he's the most accessible when I have a boy and then I have three nieces um, but trying to find schedules for all of us to get together or I'll pick one and we finally can do it, then my freaking camera doesn't work right or it's raining. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it just becomes so much pressure. And then and then you do all of this and then they don't sell. Or, yeah. you know, so it's, you know, I started off my business actually in children's clothes. Um, and then I saw a shift when we did our women's T-shirts, um, how quickly they sold. And so, like, I don't want to revert back to being a children's brand when I know that I know the woman, I know what they want. Um, It just comes more natural, Mm -hmm. and it's just easier to produce than children's. But I'll still have children's, but I'll just be more selective on what we're going to offer. And as we grow, we have a bigger team that's just, someone's just dedicated to photographing kids' clothes and producing the kids' clothes, and it can have its own division I would love to get to that point, but when it's still just a small staff, it's just hard Mm -hmm. to be able to do all, to do all the things that everybody wants. Yeah. And trying to find the happy medium between what your client wants versus what you want to make slash can actually have it made. Um, I think that's always a hard balance. And like I said, I'm not even doing it near on the scale you are, but I'm just already like, really? Like I only made shirts because y'all said you wanted them. And then now no one buys them, but everyone buys the hats. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's just, you know, I mean, and that's, that's where, and and as soon as you learn, it's going to change again. Mm -hmm. But to me, like it's definitely has always been really hard to try to produce and provide what your customers want because they're giving you feedback and then and then it's just like crickets and nothing ever happens. Yeah. So it's almost like you kind of have to reinvent the wheel and try to re 
spin it on a new way to deliver this new con, you know, make it like mm-hmm. new, you know, it's just like merchandising in your store. Like if you walk into a store and you buy all this stuff and this section over here never sells and this section does and you flip flop them around and then people buy that stuff that's been sitting over there forever and it's like brand new to them. <laughs> so it's, it's really just figuring out how to merchandise what you currently have without having to always reinvent the wheel too. That is really smart, and I guess that's just your your marketing, like, retail manager speaking right there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just, um, I mean, we don't have a traditional storefront, so we're not always, like, moving stuff around, but even, like, I think about when I'm I'm working on the website, I'm always, like, re-merchandising the website, too, so it looks different to to the Mm -hmm. next person that comes to the site, and, yeah, and that's just one of the things that I remember when I worked in a physical store was just how crazy it's, it's all about the science you know it's like feng shui a lot of He's people are right brain so they always go to the right side of the store and the old left side is always just kind of left you know or it might be the pops of color that attract people and so they go one way and it's just always just trying to move stuff around and play around and and reshoot it or do something different that might appease them differently that's really interesting because I've never thought <clears throat> about the psychology behind it, but that's totally a thing. Yeah. Just branding and subconscious and yeah. how you're attracted to things. That's crazy. Um, so what is next for Sweet Baton Rouge? Like, what do you have in the works? What are your goals for this year? For this year, um, I want to um, just really grow our storyline and talk more about the community and what we're trying to accomplish through just Sweet Baton Rouge, through the blog, and then through our apparel line and just you know, solidify a little bit more of what the brand is. Um, and and then for Lanyard Box, I just want to keep it growing and people learning about the mission behind it and focusing on all the different local makers that we work with and spotlighting them and, you know, just being able to share their stories more. And then this year... I'm starting something new. I'm super excited about it. It's our so last year I started a don't stop just go kind of apparel line. It was kind of like my mantra because I had ankle surgery in 2017, and I mean it's a very in and out type surgery, nothing too difficult. But for the person that enjoyed working out and running and being super duper active, um, to not being able to be weight bearing for two months and then to do physical therapy it was a huge mental loss for me as far as just you know it was just it was just harder I mean I'm still trying to do planks with my um with my my cast on just because I, I felt like I needed to do something mentally to because it just recharges my my life anyway um so I started in 2018, uh, came out with the Don't Stop, Just Go apparel line, and really just focused a lot on just the apparel and, and the verbiage that went with it and why I created it. And it kind of came out around the same time that we started the Sweet Baton Rouge Insider blog as well. And now where I'm at, my goal is to be more involved with the community with our Don't Stop, Just Go. So it's, it's we're not like a fitness boutique but we're, you know, just want to push fitness and push, a, you know, I don't want to necessarily say a healthier lifestyle, but just incorporating the just go type movement into your daily life. So um, I plan on and hoping I will continue throughout the year, but I'm 
I'm right now partnered with Body Sculpt, and um, they have their main location in Prairieville, and then they have three other locations. And I am going and I'm training with them and working out with them. And then um, starting right after king cake season, right after Lent, I'm kicking off a Don't Stop, Just Go community uh, Facebook group. And I'll actually start my own challenge of like fitness workouts that you can do from home or you can do it on the go and, and just provide that kind of content to them. And on top of that, I while I'm working out at Body Sculpt this whole next three months, I'm just um, also promoting them and their business. So it kind of goes back to our local mission of sharing about local business. And then her and I, um, Shelly, who owns Body Sculpt, we'll be doing our, our second Don't Stop, Just Go community workout paired with Body Sculpt in March. And we're still working out all the fun details, but we know it's definitely going to be March 9th and it's going to be at Perkins Row and it'll be a free event. And it's just just to get you out there and get going and get moving and you're always stronger today than you were yesterday and just getting out there and doing it and so part of the content that I want to be able to provide to the people that want to participate in my ongoing Facebook group um, is just to really just just to think of different things that you could do and and like let me give an example so I'm not sounding too confusing but like when I'm at work, <clears throat> and, and again, I have a very flexible way I can work, so this isn't for everybody, but, you know, um, I had written a blog a few years ago about how, again, going back to your timer, if you could just focus on, you know, at the end of 15 minutes, my timer's going to go up, go off, I've got 10 minutes to dedicate to myself, I can stretch, I could... Um, hold myself in plank for a little while. I could do some squats. So it just depends on where you're at and if this worked in your schedule. But this is just an ex- one example of how I want to be able to help other women to learn that you may not think you have time to work out, but you actually have time to work out. And these are different pockets of ways that you can do that. And you'd be amazed of how much workout time you would actually get just doing different things, you know, throughout the day so if do you, that makes sense yeah no it totally okay. does but so do you, is do you think that don't stop just go is going to turn into its own sub brand of sweet baton rouge or is it going to stay under the same umbrella i think it'll just stay under the same umbrella it'll just it's it's apparel that's already kind of it stays within our mission it's a local brand we we uh print on task performance wear oh yeah so it's a it's a new orleans company and uh, you know my goal would be like years from now I would I mean I would love to have my own fitness line like my own fitness line like one that I actually worked with a designer on and we mm-hmm. and fabrics and all that kind of stuff but that takes a lot of money and the market is extremely um, watered down with so much to offer and it's a really high price point so you know I just for it to be a Louisiana kind of thing and then to have my own apparel line. I don't know if we're there and I don't know if we'll ever get there, but it definitely is something that I enjoy fitness. I love wearing clothes, you know, fitness clothing. I love being able to incorporate fitness clothing with the t-shirts and the hats and just how it can embody your whole outfit. Mm-hmm. You can dress it up or dress it down. So, I mean, it's always something that if I was to do anything in the manufacturing world would be my own fitness line. But I just don't know if that's ever going to be something truly feasible for a Louisiana brand for what I want to do. 
But I think cross promoting the task is a great start. Yeah, for sure. Because I've heard a lot about their brand too. And actually, my friend Eric does some of their photos, and I know okay. the guy Drake that works there because he used to work at an agency in town. It's like yeah. this whole thing. So I've heard about the brand a lot, and actually, it's great. A- I mean, I I pref- like I love Lululemon. I think just it's so expensive, but overall, like I have pieces that I've bought that I still wear from years ago. Like mm-hmm. they're really good investing right <laughs> long-term pieces, you know? Yeah. So I find, you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to find a product along those lines, um, but made in, or, you know, a Louisiana company, I mean, task is hands down like the best brand out there. And I just love their product and I love what they um, put out. And so it just made sense for me to be able to work with them on putting my don't stop, just go on it. And, and if that's all I ever do, I'm totally cool with that because they make a really great product. And I love being able to put my my slogan on there. And, and I just hope to really continue this year to just be more involved with, with um, encouragement um, to just get out and get moving. Like, whatever, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, it's just how you do it and kind of going back to how you plan it out and structure it out for your whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of me and, and not everybody may want to be like me <laughs> or want to do things the way I do them. But for those that are interested or want, I just want to be able to give back, um, to other women. Um, you know, I just find that it's just as, especially as a mom, like it's just so hard to really do it all. And I find that there's ways that you can find working out just in your regular schedule. And so to me, like, that's going to be, like, my focus and my niche is to, is to teach and tell people how you can do those kind of things. Like, you can lunge around your house rather than walk, you know, or you can squat and do blow dry your hair. So there's, like, so many different things that I do that I just want to be able to share. And, I mean, you could take it or leave it. You may like it or not. But, you know, I just I think it's it's fun ways to just incorporating the GO movement. I think that's um, obviously a helpful I mean, I think all those tips are helpful. I don't think it's going to flop, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, another way just to bring your your brand to life versus it just being this flat thing on, like, apparel. Yeah. Like, and I just, just want it to be more me, like, kind of like a passion project about myself. This is Meredith. This isn't Sweet Baton Rouge. This is what Meredith enjoys doing. Yeah. This is her quirky self, and well, this is how she incorporates her day is lunging through her house, you know, with... with you know, whatever she's doing, like you're going to see her popping through her house lunging or, Hey, I might just stop and hold myself in plank or, or, I mean, my husband could walk in and I'm blow drying my hair and I'm in a plie (laughs) going up and down. And he's like, what are you doing? But to me, it's like, well, I didn't get a workout in. So I'm going to at least do some squats and tuck it and work it. And why not? Oh yeah. And I think it's okay for it to be you because it's your business and it's your passion project. And so there's no shame in that at all. Yeah. And, and then one of the other things that we're going to be rolling out at some point this year is a loyalty program. Um, and it's not going to be tied to like points or anything like that. It's going to be community serving. So um, if you have past t-shirts, um, we're going to, once we have the program really up and going, um, you'll be able to come in and just bring your, you know, your gently used um, SF t-shirts. And it might even be just other products as well. I haven't quite we're still working on the concept of it, but and then from there we'll donate those those goods to a different um, you know charity here in town, and then they can then take those pieces of clothing and, and donate them to whoever needs it. So kind of making it like a full circle type 
loyalty program where you'll get something out of it because you're bringing something into us. So, for example, like, you know, you could get 15% off your next purchase if you came and brought gently used clothes or gently um, recycled, you know, SFT or Sweet Baton Rouge t-shirts into us, and then we turn around and, and give those back to the community. That's really smart. I find that's <clears throat> similar to this. Um, the only thing about Red Stick Spice because that's where we always meet. I love Red Stick Spice. <laughs> Me too. There's a really cool. I'd love to get her on the podcast. Um, there's a really She's cool awesome. store in Baton Rouge called Red Stick Spice, and it's like I don't know spices. <laughs> she does spices, cooking classes. Yeah, she's known for oils. Yeah, she's awesome. Well, that reminded me of like if you bring if you buy a bottle of her infused olive oil or whatever mm-hmm. and you finish it and you bring it back they refill it for 20% off and yeah. that's such, such a simple thing you can do it's similar to if you go to Starbucks you bring your own cup kind exactly. of thing but I think it's a really smart marketing move and it's also like a sustainable thing Yeah. but I mean that gets me wanting to go back and buy more just because I'm like oh 20% off and it's yeah. like I don't actually even need more but because yeah. I can so I think it's a smart marketing move too yeah and I just you know the Sweet Baton Rouge brand is really full circle about community and it could be even be, you know, we do something around bringing in. We we partner and do a lot of stuff with um, the Baton Rouge Food Bank. Um, so even if it was just bringing canned goods in during, like, we, we typically run a food drive, um, usually in November and December. We do a toy drive as well for the Children's Hospital. And then we give back to other charities throughout the year as well. So, I mean, community involvement is really huge for us. And then I would love to have where we have like a Sweet Baton Rouge day where you get a free Sweet Baton Rouge t-shirt and we all go help work at the food bank. So there's a lot of things community-wise that's going to tie into who Sweet Baton Rouge is Mm -hmm. throughout this year. Um, Just having a little bit of a slow start of getting those things kind of up and going. But they just take time and I don't want to rush into them and I want them to be impactful and you know, want to just make it splash. Well, that, now that you've said it out loud (laughs) on a podcast, then you're putting it out there, which usually means it happens because you make it happen. It's going to happen for sure. Um, so I guess my last question for you is what are like some tips that you could give to somebody or any advice you could give to someone who is afraid to take their passion, passion project to the next level? Um, I mean, my biggest thing is if you want to do it, don't, just say you're going to do it, like actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the quotes that I love is that it's it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. So if you have a dream or an idea, you just need to do it. You need to just, if you, you just got to take the steps of whatever it is and just believe in yourself and, and have the confidence and then just do it. And if it doesn't work out, don't be upset about, about it. Just know that you, you gave it your all. And be proud of what you did because a lot of people don't, you know, they won't do it. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be extremely committed and just say you're going to do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I, I I think that's like the general consensus answer I'm getting from everybody. And it's true. I mean, it's, 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 um, I mean, as scary as it is, I mean, we all can walk in fear of the the unknown and I don't know what it's going to be like, but if it's something that you really want to do, even if it's not going to be like... I look back and I mean, it's just a, it's so silly. Like if you were to go scroll through my Instagram or Facebook and look at some of the really old stuff that I have, I mean, but it wasn't great at all, but people bought it because, I mean, they, they bought it, I guess, you know, because they liked it, but it by no means, I mean, 
I had to start somewhere. Yeah. You had to do something. So if you have an idea, just figure it out and do it. I mean, that's my husband's favorite thing to say is just figure it out. Yeah. And I have very much the figure it out attitude. And and you're not going to know all the things. And you just, you need to study up on whatever it is that you're going to do and like go in and know how to do the things as best you can until you can bring other people on that can help you. Yeah, I think that, like I said, that's like the general answer I'm getting from everyone and not to like downplay it, but just to show that everyone's kind of like on the same page with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, even where I'm at today, I mean, by no means is Sweet Baton Rouge where I even want it to be. And I still have to make the sacrifices and do things that I don't know how to do, but I'm just going to figure it out and do it because I'm passionate about growing this business. I have really big, big, strong goals for where I want it to be. And, um, the way I see it, I mean, not everybody knows who Sweet Baton Rouge is yet. So mm-hmm. until we get to that point where every person in Louisiana knows who Sweet Baton Rouge is, well, we still have a lot of work to do. And that means, you know, I got to figure out how to get everybody in Louisiana to know who we are. Well, I feel like you're very motivational, which is why I wanted to have you. <laughs> we were having a very similar conversation yeah. to this just casually in the car the other day. And I was like, man, I got to record you. I'm really thankful that you asked me. This is a lot of fun. No, thank you. And you have a lot of... Um, insight and experience to give so where can everyone keep up with you and see the sweet baton rouge merch purchase it all that sure so the main um focus would be sweetbatonrouge.com that's our website and on the website you can find our blog you can find lanyard box there um and then outside of that you can find us on facebook and instagram at sweet baton rouge and then if you want to just check us out on our different Instagram pages and Facebook, you can just search Sweet, Sweet Baton Rouge Insider or Lanyard Box. And then we also have a page for local pop-up, too. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for tuning into this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. (laughs) Did that sound too fake?